Should Christians attend a gay or a transgender wedding? That's the question I'm going to be looking at today. This is a question that has emerged as a result of an answer that Alistair Begg gave to a similar question on an interview he did for his ministry, Truth For Life. And so what I would like to do today is I would like to dig into that question a little bit. We're not going to take a whole lot of time to do this. Uh, I think the answer is quite clear from Scripture. And so we'll look at Scripture, we'll look at the nature of marriage, but we're, we're also going to look at the nature of a wedding and why people attend weddings in the first place. And what we'll find, I think, is that attendance at a wedding is akin to being a witness of the cutting of a covenant. And so we'll we'll want to you know look at that and dig into that some more. Welcome to the Baptist Broadcast. I'm your host Joshua Summer, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in the Kansas City area. Uh, thank you for joining. If you're watching on YouTube, please do not forget to click the subscribe button down below and the bell for continued notifications. And of course, if you are a podcast listener, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, you name it. Anchor.fm. Thank you for joining. Should Christians attend weddings that countenance uh, and bless uh, relations or unions that fall without the biblical definition of marriage? To be very upfront and and very hopefully clear, the answer is no. And I, I don't feel like I even need to to nuance that with, in my opinion, or uh, you know, I, I I think that. No, the answer is no, uh, and, I, and I think that's very clear. Uh, this question has emerged as a result of an answer that Alistair Begg gave in an interview that he did uh, for his ministry, Truth For Life, and I would like to play that audio. Um, if I could get my audio equipment to uh, to cooperate with me, uh, we'll go ahead and listen to this. This is a, a minute and 55 seconds long. What we're going to do is we're just going to listen to the whole thing, and uh, then after that, I'll provide some commentary, and uh, we'll look at some scripture. Uh, we'll look at the nature of you know marriage and why we go to weddings and things of that nature. So um, let, let's let's just do this. I'm going to go ahead and play this audio clip now. Tated in another direction, and learning to say, but I have no basis upon which I could argue that I w myself would not be where they are, were it not for the amazing grace of God, were it not for his compassion towards me. And in very specific areas, this comes across. I mean, you and I know that we field questions all the time that go along the lines of, uh, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this, and I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do, which mm. is a huge responsibility. And in a conversation like that just a few days ago, um, and uh, people may not like this answer, but I asked the, I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your uh, belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't countenance uh, in any affirming way, the choices that he has made in life. Yes. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suggest that you do go to the ceremony, mm -hmm. and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Hmm. Oh, she said, what? She was caught off guard. I said, well, here's the thing. You, you're not going to, your, your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce 
the fact that he said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared mm-hmm. to countenance anything. And it is a fancy, it is a fine line, isn't it? It really yeah. is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and and don't understand that he is a king. Okay, there are a couple things from just that audio clip that that I want to talk about. But before I get into those, the first thing that I want to say is, you know, Alistair Begg, he's, he has, he has a platform, he has a ministry, uh, he, he writes, he speaks. Um, and for those in that position, I think we need to exercise some grace. You know, I, I am a pastor of a smaller church in Kansas city and, and I know what it's like to give bad advice uh, and you know it could be the case that you are you are asked a question and you feel you know somewhat pressured or perhaps you are um, put in a situation where you feel like you need to fire from the hip. Um, it's never a good idea to fire from the hip, but sometimes we're put in those situations and whenever those situations arrive, uh, it's it's not uncommon for you know those in pastoral leadership or those in ministry to give wrong answers. Uh, we're human too, and uh, Alistair Begg is human. He's prone to error, um, and so I think we need to at least extend that arm of grace uh, to him and realize that. Uh, I don't think this says anything about his Christianity. I don't think it uh, necessarily even disqualifies him from the ministry, um, but I do think he has a responsibility at this point to come out and uh, and actually uh, recant this position, uh, because I, I, I think it is, it is flawed in many ways. And I think it, uh, is a contradiction to the biblical witness and, and to the duty we are called to as Christians to be salt and light in this world. So there are two things that I want to talk about mainly from this video clip and, and just things that are relevant to this clip. And that is, the nature of marriage and the nature of weddings and, and why weddings happen in the first place. Um, one, of the, one of Alistair's concerns is the way in which the you know, unbelieving you know, transgender person or the community that is present at this wedding might perceive the Christians that may or may not attend. And I don't think that is a correct starting point whatsoever. So our, our starting point, while it's a, it's, a, it's a worthy consideration, how will the outside world perceive us? And, and that is even a consideration that we are urged to, to, to have, a concern we are urged to have in Scripture itself. That's not the starting point. Uh, the, the starting point is, you know, how do we glorify God in all things, and how do we honor Him and demonstrate our love for Him? Um, and then how is that love which we have for Him then worked out into our relationships with others? And so the starting point really has to be, you know, what does Scripture teach? You know, what what is our responsibility as Christians? And, and really, what does Scripture teach about the best way in which to reflect the love of God to those who are outside of the purview of the faith in the first place? And, you know, I would say one of the things that, that Alistair said is, you know, it may— he insinuated that it may, you know, break down relations between Christians and, you know, unbelieving transgenders like those at this wedding. Um, and for that reason, you know, this 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 uh, Christian person should consider just attending and even bringing a gift. 
Um, but I, I want to say that a Christian's absence can be just as strong as a proclamation of the goodness, grace, love, holiness of God uh, as one's as one's presence. In fact, I would say that one's presence in the midst of a ceremony like that would uh, countenance, or at least appear to countenance, sin. Um, even if it is known in word that the Christian cannot countenance uh, their union, it would seem like a, a contradiction or an inconsistency for them to then show up at that wedding and, and, and serve as basically witnesses to a covenant that is not uh, aligned with the light of nature or the light of God's word. Okay, so I think, I think Alistair has a false starting point. I think our starting point needs to be, you know, uh, God's love for us, of course, and then our love for God and what that looks like in our interpersonal relationships. And then we need to let the scriptures speak in terms of what what is best for our uh, witness to the world. How do we best serve as salt and light to uh, the world? I often have discussions about uh, the Lord's Day uh, with uh, brothers and sisters who are wondering, you know, should I go to this or that event on a Sunday um, you know, and, and perhaps even skip church for it so that I can be present amongst my family and be a good witness to my family. And, you know, my answer is usually always the same. It is, well, your commitment to your local church and to Christ and to hearing the word uh, is, is just as much a witness to them, even if they don't like it. It's just as much a witness to them as you, uh, you know, think skipping church and, 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 and being with your family would be. Uh, and in fact, I think a, a Christian's commitment to to Christ and and to Christ's word, um, insofar as it is uncompromising, is uh, is a witness to the world. It is a witness to the world, even if the world doesn't like it. Um, so that's that's you know one thing aside that I wanted to say. I I, th- I think the starting point is is flawed here. Um, Let's talk a little bit about marriage, and then we're going to talk about weddings. Um, the first thing I would like to say about marriage is it, it's pretty clear everywhere throughout Christian history, and it's very clear in Scripture, that marriage is to be uh, between one man and one woman. Let me bring up a slide here. If you're listening, you obviously can't see this, but I'm going to read it anyway so you can hear. This is Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. This is going to address the the nature of marriage question and the nature of weddings question. And the text reads, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from him, from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Genesis 2, 18 through 23. Now that tells us a couple things about marriage. It tells us, number one, that marriage is between a man and a woman. It also tells us something about the first wedding ceremony. 
there's always been a question in my mind, a somewhat nagging question, even before I was a Christian. Where does the Christian, you know, the kind of traditional wedding ceremony come from? Is this just a man-made invention? And uh, has this, you know, just been something that has developed throughout history, and now we just kind of do it without any second guess? And, and why can't, you know, a man and a woman uh, just kind of, you know, privately marry themselves or, or, or something. Uh, we have some instances in the Old Testament where that appears to happen. You know, why can't, why can't we do that? Uh, wh what's up with all this hubbub? What's up with all this, you know, ceremonious, you know, ritual that we have surrounding marriage? Well, I want you to notice something in Genesis 2, 18 through 23. Uh, the wedding ceremony, the traditional wedding ceremony is grounded in the picture of Adam and Eve's wedding at the very beginning. And at the very beginning, you notice an important detail. You notice the Adam is, you know, put to sleep, so he doesn't see his his bride. Um, God forms his bride out of his own rib, out from his own side. And then uh, once Adam is awake, it the text says that God brought her to the man. So you have here a picture of you know the father bringing the woman to the man, to the bridegroom. And in, you know, contemporary wedding ceremonies, and, and this has been the traditional pattern uh, throughout the history of the church, uh, the tradition has been that, you know, the father, uh, the bride's father, brings the bride to the bridegroom and, and gives the bride away to the bridegroom. So it's a picture there of God bringing the first woman to the first man and giving her, as it were, to the first man. And so that ceremony, uh, which is a covenantal ceremony uh, that has a particular specific definition in Scripture, uh, goes all the way back to the very beginning. It goes very, it goes all the way back to the pattern of creation, and, and, and we even have little idioms in our wedding ceremonies. You know, the the husband or the the husband to be, the the bridegroom, is not supposed to see the wife before the ceremony. This whole idea uh, linked with you know Adam's sleep before the bride was brought to to him, and things like that. So there's a lot of parallels between our our current you know traditional marriage ceremony and what was going on at the very beginning. And so that gets us to the nature of a wedding. What is a wedding for? Well, marriage is essentially a covenant. It's two people covenanting together before God um, to um, basically um, be there for one another, you know, in sickness. We use the language in sickness and in health. You know, that means not only in terms of physical health, but in spiritual health. Um, it's, a, it's a covenant to faithfulness toward one another in the sight of God. Um, it's a covenant to, uh, you know, marital godliness and, and a, a, a relationship that will, uh, that will revolve around Christ and will be an imitation um, of Christ and his church. The whole Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 picture, uh, uh, you know, between Christ and his church. The church is the bride, Christ is the bridegroom. And so a wedding entails all of that. And so for people, what used to, it used to be more clear uh, than it is now. Now people just go to weddings for fun, it seems like. But historically, the reason a person would go to a wedding is to act as a witness for the making or the formation of that marriage covenant. And so this still happens at, at many weddings across the world. It doesn't happen at all weddings, but used to, it used to be pretty normal for 
uh, the person officiating the wedding, like the pastor or the minister or whatever, to, uh, to ask the question, is there anyone who objects? You know, speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, and then that would actually, I know now if we hear that, just everyone, even if they object to the union, they'll just sit quietly because they don't really take that part very seriously. And they don't want to cause any controversy or any of that. But used to, people would get up and voice their opposition to the union if they had one. And so it is a, a, a very um, communal act, the marriage ceremony, and it, it is an act that signifies a covenantal union between a man and a woman in the sight of God. And so to attend, going back to Alistair Begg and, and, and his advice that he gave this woman, to attend a, a wedding that, uh, a quote-unquote wedding, that actually countenances a, a, a transgender union or a same-sex union, insert any kind of union in there that falls without the biblical parameters for marriage, would be to actually act as a witness. And I know Alistair said, well, as long as they know uh, that you— you know, this really kind of isn't something that you would that you would countenance. If they know that this is something you would disapprove of, go anyway and bring a gift. And and I think that's duplicitous. I think to 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 make it clear to this this couple that you disagree with their lifestyle, um, and then to show up and bring them a gift is to say two different things, two opposite, two contradictory things. It's to say one thing in word. And another thing in action, and I I, I don't see how that can um, uh, I don't see how that can be helpful. I I don't see how that can be a biblical uh, practice. I, I I just don't. Given what we've looked at concerning the nature of marriage, I think everyone's in agreement that the nature of marriage is such that it is between a man and a woman alone in the sight of God. I think Alistair would agree with that. In fact, he 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 makes it pretty plain that he does agree with that. The question is whether or not uh, a Christian who believes all of the right things about marriage can uh, attend one of these kinds of, of, of weddings, one of these kinds of ceremonies. And the answer would be, uh, would be no. Uh, I don't think that there's a way to do that that is, is biblical. I don't think there's a way to do that that actually um, is, is honest and, and even non-hypocritical. And so that's that's my answer. Hopefully that's helpful. You know, it, it, it's, it is difficult. When you got family that's close that, you know, they're trying to pressure you to do these things. And, and you know, you grew up with these people and perhaps you know these people very, very well and, and you love them and you, you want to um, maintain a relationship with them. It, it, it gets difficult. You know, we're, we are tempted all the time to, to compromise on our most cherished beliefs so that we can maintain good relationships with our families. But we have to remember that compromising on our most cherished beliefs is actually no way to love our families in the first place. Um, if you compromise on on this, uh, if you compromise, for example, on on this kind of um, uh, you know marital or sexual ethic, uh, even if it's just in practice but not in word, um, then what that tells them or what that provides for them is a false sense of comfort. They don't need to be feeling comfortable. They need they need to be called to repentance. They need to be they need to feel as uncomfortable as possible in that lifestyle. And in fact, the best thing that can happen to a couple like that is that nobody shows up to the wedding, right? Um, and and the reason for that is because they're loved. 
I think uh, a family that truly loves, uh, you know, uh, someone or some people like that, a, a couple per se, um, I think the right way to to actually love them is to refrain uh, and, and, and abstain from countenancing that kind of lifestyle and even appearing to countenance that lifestyle. The way in which you love uh, a person like that or a couple like that is to not support their sin. Uh, we don't want to support someone's sin. And we don't want people to feel comfortable in their sin. I don't want, you know, I'm a Christian, and I, I would I would say that I don't want to feel comfortable in my sin. I don't want Christians around me to allow me to feel comfortable in my sin. It may be more comfortable and painless to feel comfortable in my sin, but realistically, it's bad for my soul. Uh, even if it makes me feel good, even if it makes me, you know, have some kind of false sense of happiness, it's better for me that brothers call me out and call me to repentance, and 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 it's better for me that brothers, that friends, that family members do not allow me to feel comfortable in my sin. I, I think that's true of me. I think that's true of of everyone that we have a relationship. Uh, with as Christians, we need to make sure that we're loving in an orderly and proper and godly way, a way that is um, a way that runs parallel with the scriptures, not a way that runs in contradiction to the scriptures. So, should Christians attend a wedding ceremony that uh, espouses a different definition of marriage than scripture? And the answer is no. We cannot countenance those things. Um, there are other ways to love people like that um, than, than by attending their wedding ceremony. So hopefully this was helpful. If it was helpful for you, maybe it'll be helpful for somebody else. Please feel free to share this. Again, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, click the subscription button down below and the bell for continued notifications. See y'all later.